Hello and welcome to Fintech Impact. I'm your host, Jason Pereira. Today on the show, we have Owen Winklemullen, founder and CEO of Advice. Advice is a new financial planning tool in Canada that allows for collaborative planning, specifically designed to support the fee-for-service advisor space, as well as all advisors in general. And with that, here's my interview with Owen. Owen, thanks for giving the time today. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So Owen Winklemullen of Advice, tell us about Advice. And by the way, for those looking, it's Advice with two eyes. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So Advice is a uh, client-facing financial planning platform that helps clients and advisors work collaboratively to build a financial plan together. So Advice helps manage the client engagement from onboarding to payment, to discovery and document uploads, to planning, and then to recommendations, implementation, and tracking all in one platform. And what makes the platform even more compelling is that it can be completely white-labeled. So advisors, companies, can use their own domain, colors, branding, their own email address, email content, calendars. And for the client, it looks like a custom platform. So it's seamless and it helps maintain a, a high level of trust and engagement. Excellent. So we'll dive into all that shortly. But talk to me about the origin of advice. Where did it come from? Why did you decide to take it upon yourself to build another financial planning tool? Because there's yeah, a lot of great... but let's talk about the dip, what you saw and what the deficiencies were. Yeah, that's a great question. So the platform really came from Plan Easy, my advice-only financial planning practice that I started in 2018. So Plan Easy, we had a very specific mission. It was to provide advice-only financial planning that's easy, accessible, and inexpensive. And specifically, we wanted to work with average Canadian households. So less complex situations, you know, fairly simple financial structures, but who needed the advice and guidance and who wanted to, to pay for that advice. And so Plan Easy, you know, we started in 2018 entirely virtual. So we wanted to make it fast and efficient. We wanted to make it very collaborative. So we started entirely virtual, which at the time was, was quite unique. And we also felt we needed a platform. So we needed technology to make that client engagement faster, you know, more efficient, higher value. And we needed a hub for those ongoing client engagements. So we wanted to, you know, we wanted to have a low price point of a thousand to three thousand dollars. We wanted to offer ongoing subscription service, so ongoing planning as a subscription, and we wanted to charge between $100 to $200 a month for that. And to make those economics possible, we needed to, to get the client involved. We needed to be more collaborative. Uh, we needed a platform that we could work together to build this financial plan, and we needed it to be a hub for that, that ongoing financial engagement. And so we ended up building the platform in kind of a unique way. We built it over two years using Plan Easy, using the, the client engagements that we were doing on a weekly basis. And so every new client that we would onboard or every you know, plan update that we would do, clients would get the new features, a new client experience, and we would get instant feedback from these clients. So they would tell us what they loved, what they liked, you know, what they didn't like, what they struggled with, you know, what sort of UX, UI improvements we needed to make. And so we built the platform quite organically over the, the course of two years. And what ended up happening is that we would we would do videos, we would do case studies, we would do blog posts, and we'd be sharing images of the platform. And advisors would reach out to us and say, you know, what are you using to do this? I haven't seen this before. Where are these visuals coming from? And so, you know, of course, we talk about the fact it's proprietary platform. We built it for Plan Easy, but inevitably, the next question would be, can I use it as well? Right? I want to use this with my clients. 
And so we we started to explore that opportunity. And it turns out there was a lot of demand there for this sort of client-facing, interactive, fairly simple financial planning platform. And that led us to advice. So advice has taken all the IP software assets from PlanEasy that we've developed, uh, and we've made that available now adding a, a white labeled permission layer on top. So we can serve it up to, to any client, you know, through any advisor company and make it look like their custom platform. Excellent. So like so many fintechs, especially in the US, you had a problem and you basically decided to solve your problem. And then people started asking you to buy your solution to your problem. So validation. Perfect. So let's talk about the you know, the, the general way that most financial planning softwares work is they always start with like, okay, here's the planning tool the advisor is going to use. And, you know, everything else is the front end and the back end are secondary in terms of like the front end being the acquisition, the payments, all that other stuff that some planning softwares get into, other ones don't. Specifically in Canada, they don't. And then the back end being the, the monitoring piece, which has always been more so just go and update the entire plan, right? So there's there's a bunch of things there that was, were not really supporting your workflow. So I think really what you did here, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you really built a, a workflow planning tool, didn't you? Yeah, it's an entire platform. So you, you can pick this up as an advisor and you can offer fee-for-service, fee-only planning or just financial planning as a fully integrated platform with a fairly good workflow, very efficient workflow. But it can be all customized. So the content, the emails, the preset recommendations, all the automations can be tailored to your particular client. And that's where we, we really saw the value is that, you know, with PlanEasy, we were reaching our type of client, but we saw all these other planners who had a different client niche, a different focus, a different way of speaking with their clients. And so they get to now take that platform, but tailored to their specific client niche. Yep. So let's talk about uh, the entire workflow then. Let's talk about the onboarding. What does that look like in terms of getting the client basically started? Yeah, so there's a few different pieces there. So it's really client-led. So the client creates an account. They're the one that initiates the, the sort of experience on the platform. So they go create an account, you know, first name, username, email, and password. And from there, we ask a simple set of onboarding questions. So it, it takes two to three minutes and these are very much structure-based questions. So we're asking about, uh, you know, yes, no questions, multiple choice questions, very easy to fill out, but we're asking about the client's financial structure. So they don't need their documents. They don't need their data. It's all yes, no questions, very easy to answer. But what that lets us do is that when they get onto the platform itself, they're getting a very custom experience. So, you know, the discovery phase, the planning, the foundation recommendations, it's all customized to their particular client profile. So every client gets a, a unique experience on the platform. Advisors can do things different ways. So they can use our, our built-in payment features using Stripe. So they can ask for payment directly on the platform, or they can go directly into the planning process. So maybe they're being compensated in a different way. And then they can go through this sort of discovery process with the client. But the whole platform is is client facing. So the client's helping out with the, the discovery process, they're inputting information, they're uploading documents. And because it's tailored to them, it, it really turns into a fill in the blank exercise. So, you know, everything that the platform is asking for is specific to that particular client situation. And then the data just flows through. So it's that workflow, it flows through into the ongoing planning, the projections, the recommendations and advice all gets generated based off that, that initial discovery and foundation information. 
Excellent. Okay. So then basically that information comes in there. They're doing, I mean, the good thing about them doing that is, and other softwares have done this, particularly in the US and more recently, a couple of new ones in Canada, where it's just, it's straight flow through. There's no rekeying, right? So you're saving time and effort there on <laughs> redundancy. So you got all and that. And less, less errors as well. Yeah. So there's less, less opportunity for error. Totally. And you're also collecting documents at the same time, right? Which is all the stuff that they don't have necessarily, you know, the wherewithal to input themselves, right? You know, the, not many clients understand how to properly read their tax returns, for instance, right? That's right. That's right. And so so the advisor gets to add value there. So they're not spending time on the data entry, the client's getting involved, and the client gets immediate feedback as well through the platform. So as they're entering income and expenses, the platform is generating a Sankey diagram, a cash flow diagram that's highlighting gaps in their cash flow. And so the advisor gets to jump in the financial planner and provide additional value. So they're doing that last 10 to 20% of value add rather than the sort of, you know, grunt work of entering all the, the client's information. And they can use the documents to cross-reference. So, you know, things like pensions, insurance, you know, sometimes misunderstood you know, tax planning, gaps are opportunities. The advisor gets to, to jump in, you know, take a look at the documents and provide that additional value to the client as well. Okay, excellent. All right, so basically, once you have all the base information and in they're talking about the next level of engagement, what is it that you typically, how do, how, or at least from your experience, how do you encourage people to use the system after that? Yeah, so there, there's a couple of ways we go about building a financial plan. So our typical process is in three stages. So we do the discovery stage, we're gathering facts of information, we're doing a foundation phase, some, some planners call that the alignment call, where we're going through all the facts of the, and information that the clients provided, and we're starting to highlight opportunities and risks. So we haven't done those final projections yet, although you can, as the, as the advisor, you can quickly run those because all the data flows through. But really in the foundation phase, we're, we're taking a look at those risks and opportunities. It could be tax planning, it could be adding a new account like a spousal RSP, it could be income splitting. But the advisor kind of gets to add value there in that middle stage and also highlight if there's any gaps or discrepancies. And then once that's done, we go into the final plan projections, the planning phase, where the advisor gets to jump in and then do the actual projections themselves. And they get to create the custom recommendations. So one key thing in the platform is that every company can add their own preset recommendations. These are automatically added to the plan based on certain triggers. And so it makes it very easy to create that, that repeatable financial planning process for the advisor or advisors within the company. And now on an ongoing basis, the client's basically coming back to that. So you know, out of the recommendations, we have specific actions that we create for the client and the client gets to come in because it's fully client facing, gets to mark those off as they get them complete. So they're coming back to the platform on a regular basis. They're interacting with the plan as an ongoing, you know, as a planning rather than just a plan. And then they're doing their plan update every year with the advisor as well. Okay. So the, I mean, effectively you've turned the port, you made it a client portal, which a lot of planning softwares are going that way, but you've really kind of made it a client portal from the beginning through to maintenance, right? And not only that, but the, so the beginning and end part is where a lot of portals work, right? It's, it's, here's where we collect information. Here's where we basically show you the results and you all at the same time, here's a checklist of stuff to do, but you also use the middle point, right? Like you're using, basically making it collaborative. Talk to me about the collaborative aspects and how it's meant to, like, you know, you, are you sitting on a Zoom call? Are they able to go in and play with it? Like, what are the collaborative aspects of the middle portion? Yeah, both actually. So depending on the type of client, you might be walking them through live on a Zoom call. You might be walking through different planning opportunities. So, you know, this is where we can really add value because it's more the softer stuff. So it's, are we aiming for early retirement? Are we going to work an extra couple of years? Are we going to buy a vacation property? Maybe there's a third child on the way. 
So quickly, we get to model out those different opportunities on the call itself with the client there. And so they get to see what that looks like. They get to interact with it. Now, some clients, they, they do want to use the platform themselves. So you know, we'll see them go in there, they'll run their own projections, they'll make little tweaks to the income and our expenses assumptions, they'll maybe add in their their new asset values the next year already. And so it makes that that collaborative experience where, you know, they can look at things, we can look at things as the advisor, the planner, and then we can come together on that semi-annual or annual checkpoint call. And we can quickly update the plan, tweak it in the right direction. Often we're looking at two, three, four different scenarios, different opportunities. But the next year, we start to lean towards one or the other. So we start to adjust that plan. So it changes it from one plan to really this idea of like ongoing planning as a service. As I keep saying, it's a verb, not a noun. That's right. Uh, excellent. All right. So talking about in the, in the white label aspects. So I'm able as an advisor to go in there, completely brand it, my own, my own, basically no general references? No references whatsoever. Yeah. So it looks like it looks like the platform. There's a little kind of footer in the bottom, just a disclaimer. But from a client perspective, it's very seamless. So they're on the advisor's website. Uh, they can go in, create an account on their own. So the client's in control. And I think that's the key aspect here is that you know, they feel like they're initiating the conversation. They're in control of that conversation. And really, you know, a client-facing platform is kind of table stakes in the future. Like even, you know, I go to my barber, I can sign into a platform. It's a branded platform. I get to book that, that appointment with them. Probably tracks how often I've been there. So I think for financial advisors, you know, this is going to be table stakes is having that that client facing platform. Now, the other key kind of benefit here is that you can offer through the platform, you can offer a free trial to clients. So prospective clients can sign up, create an account, you know, it's fairly low, fairly low friction, and they can then play around with the platform before even booking a discovery or an intro call. So Again, it's kind of that that new way of working where the, the client gets to interact with the the service, the platform before even speaking with the advisor. Yeah. So let's uh, let's also talk about the visuals that you put in place here. So, I mean, you have a lot of the traditional type of, you know, bar charts and, and whatnot and uh, for financial planning, but you added some newer things that are more novel to financial planning that I think do a wonderful job of helping explain to clients what's happening. So care to share some of those? Yeah, so a few of them, definitely the the Sankey diagram. So advisors, planners have probably seen it online, but it's this visual cash flow diagram from you know gross income, deductions, net income to expenses. And what that lets us do is it really, because it's automated, it's automatically generated based off the, the client's information. It allows us to give instant feedback to them on discrepancies or opportunities in their cash flow. And the advisor can add value by coaching them on if it's important or not. So for example, Maybe somebody has $10,000 of net income as a family every month. They know where 7,000 of that goes. They know it's you know mortgage payments, property tax, food expenses, et cetera. But 3,000, they don't really know. Depending on the client, that may not matter. Maybe they're meeting all their financial goals. Maybe we don't need to know exactly where that $3,000 is going. But for other clients, maybe it's important. Maybe we need to carve out $500 from that $3,000 to, to help achieve future goals. So that sort of visual helps the planner really highlight those opportunities for the future. Well, there's a couple other things within the platform. So you know our success rate calculations are, are done automatically. So retirement drawdown, really helping highlight the variability in retirement planning. So Really, it's it's a discussion point between the client and the advisor about the flexibility that they need to have in retirement. So we can do a straight line drawdown, but the reality is that the re, it's going to be quite different based on investment returns, inflation rates. So 
again, depending on the client, the advisor uh, may need to to coach them differently. So a lower income client, two hundred thousand in financial assets, they're going to have they're going to need to have a much higher success rate in their retirement drawdown versus your you know one point five million. I'm spending thirty thousand a year in vacations. I'm giving you know one hundred thousand dollars to each of the kids. They've got lots of flexibility within their plan, so they they can have a much lower success rate. So this is where the advisor can jump in and explain the charts and the details based on the client that they're working with. Yeah, you know, I'll go back to the stanky. It's kind of hard to for people to visualize. I haven't seen it, but it's this chart starts off like kind of like a thick line on one side says gross income, and then moves over and it shows splits it up into like here's your deductions and here's what you spend on your net income, and then it goes on and shows you layers until you get to the most minute of uses. And I think it's it's a wonderful way of visualizing cash flow because like on income statements, one thing, but people are overwhelmed by numbers, being able to see in groups like, wait a second, okay, this part of my income as a percentage is basically being saved to being saved versus spent. And it's, here's where it's going. I think it works quite well. And then going back to how you handle the entire, like what, what money curl means to one versus another, that is huge, right? Because the contextualism, you know, Michael Kitsis will, will get quoted often on here. He once, uh, once threw down that 50% is just fine for some people. And people hear that. It's like, wait a minute, a 50% probability not to hit my goals? Like, that's insane. Well, no, yeah. because it's all relative. Because someone who's got a large pension, let's just say that the, I'm going to use a round number, say they got two pensions in the family, $100,000 of guaranteed income from all sources, and they want to spend one fifth, uh, one tenth. Okay. And, but they don't have enough savings to basically spend that extra 10 guaranteed. It's a 50 50 probability they're going to make it. That's not that big a deal, right? No. Now, a 50 50 probability for someone who wants to spend $70,000 a year and has 10,000 guaranteed income, that is a big deal. So, so putting it all in context as to what it means based off of that score is a good score because it tells you exactly what it tested, but it doesn't <laughs> tell you the actual impact on the human being of what it tested. So, fo- moving the focus to that is hugely valuable. Yeah, so, I think that's that's the personal side of personal finance, right? So I think the platform does a great job of highlighting those conversation points. You know, it's doing the math, it's doing the finance, it's making that very easy. But every client is different, so you have to, as the advisor planner, have to interpret that. You know, the personal side for each of those clients. Yep. So the uh, the one thing you did that I have not seen done anywhere else. So this is novel. Is you embedded payments? Talk to me about. Why you did that, clearly based on your frustrations as a fee-for-service or fee-only planner. Talk to me about uh, about the thinking here. Yeah, so definitely from it, from PlanEasy, we needed that ability to, to have payments directly in the platform. So and we wanted to make it seamless for the client to get started. You know, advice-only financial planning, we also needed that subscription-based revenue. So we, we don't have the same hook, you know, as products as AUM. Um, and so we needed that ongoing subscription to be sustainable as an advice-only financial planning practice. So, you know, this was really driven out of the need at PlanEasy to, to provide fee-for-service financial planning that was, was easy, accessible, and expensive. And so we've leveraged, you know, Stripe's great. So Stripe has some amazing platform marketplace features. We've leveraged those features and we've kind of built on their API to to really customize it. So for advisors, they can set any number of different service levels. They can set an initial payment. They can do installment payments, so anywhere from two to 12 months installments. And they can also set up subscription payments as well. And that was kind of the key thing is we wanted to make that, that possible. We wanted the platform to be the hub and we wanted to have subscription revenue as an advice-only financial planner. Now, I think the opportunity there is that, you know, you could be, you know, an AUM advisor, you could have a different sort of compensation structure, but you can easily add fee for service 
as another service level to your practice. So, you know, the platform advice, you could quickly, you know, provide a, a subscription-based service for entry-level clients, you know, clients that are going to be great clients in the future, but who maybe don't meet uh, specific asset minimums or, or other specific kind of client requirements. And so I think it really opens up the opportunity for more financial planning because now you can do it on a fee-for-service subscription basis and it's it's quite sustainable. And it also becomes a bit of a, a funnel, you know, a lead gen for, for future business as well. Yeah, I mean, and I'll also say it's not just a fee only fee for service space. The, you know, I'm a big advocate of uh, upfront planning fees, of basically putting the financial plan ahead of anything else you do for the client. So you should not be, in my opinion, should not be investing money until you got the plan in place. So basically, yeah, you have to get paid for that. So being able to enable that payment system is great. And I mean, I've spoken to many people who've gotten to the fee only space over the years. And one of the biggest pain, one of the biggest pains they got to deal with is payments, in particular, if they want to do some sort of subscription based one, because like, credit cards expire or, you know, payments bounce. Like, how do you manage all that? And how much of a pain is that? So being able to do that, essentially, I'm not a big lover of the term all in one platforms, because that's not what you've done here. But to do that all in one experience, which is very focused around the planning. So you're doing the planning and just making sure they can they can monetize it. They're usually valuable to people in that space. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, for us, it was a real game changer. It also we, when we first started out, I think we were retaining 20 to 30% of our initial planning clients. So it was very hard to retain those clients on an ongoing subscription basis. But once we added the payment features to the platform, we added all the, the features, the planning features to the platform, our conversion to ongoing engagement jumped up to like 86, 87% yeah. now. So you know, that's, I love that statistic because that just goes to show a couple of key things, right? You turn the a lot of the, what a lot of what I don't like about the fee only space and the advocacy of it, and I have lots of friends in that space. So I'm not going to ever criticize the need because I do believe that that there was a need for it. It is the messaging around turning planning into a product. I don't like right. It is do this because it's a cheap because it's cheaper, but it's a product. So you end up get you end up driving a lot of people looking for the lowest price because they're looking now for a commodity, and that is the last thing financial planning should be as a commodity. So what you've done is you've built you've built an actual engaging experience around the plan for these people and turned it from what they thought was a noun into a verb, right? Yep. It's turned it into an ongoing experience of coaching and collaboration. And so I'm not surprised that your engagement jumped or your renewals jumped to that degree. Because I mean, actually, I'm a little surprised that you're in the high 80s now because that is that is a stellar, stellar conversion rate, quite honestly. But I think in general, yeah, if you are going, the idea that, hey, I'm going to deliver this financial plan, this document, and then one of two things, either A, I'm going to then also try to sell you on coaching to get it done, which it's like, now you get another purchase decision. Is that something they're going to do, right? Like, okay, I've got this, let me try. And then like, you know, they take it home and then three months later, they haven't done anything. They forgot about it and it's useless, right? Or you say to them, okay, we've done this plan, go ahead and implement it. And I'll talk to you in three years and do an update. Like it's never going to get done. And, and as I say all the time, crudely, financial plan without implementation is akin to expensive toilet paper, right? And unfortunately, it's not comfortable toilet paper because it's not good for that. But it's really, I mean, that's all it's good for really. Because frankly, what's it matter if you don't implement, right? That's right. So, yeah. Yeah, all the all the value is in the ongoing planning. And we see that with our clients. You know, things change rapidly promotion, you know, new child, job loss, all, all sorts of things change over time. And um, the ability to offer that ongoing planning was a real game changer for us at Plan Easy. And you know, even for other advisors, I think it really increases that sort of level of commitment, trust, engagement. So even if you're not doing fee-for-service financial planning, 
you can still use that. This is an ongoing planning experience. It's not a one-time plan. We know things are going to change. We know when next year we're, we're going to have different tax rate benefit rates. You know, everything's going to be different. We're going to need to update this plan accordingly. So even the language at the beginning of the engagement, if you can highlight that ongoing yeah. planning, it's quite important. So, I mean, you're definitely on trend. Uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the better thought leadership in the space I'm not going to give myself credit, but give lots of people credit, including Michael did a did a great article recently about the rise of collaborative planning. And it's one of these things where, you know, we've now, in a lot of ways, maturity of the industry, the softwares have all gone to the point where they do everything else really well. So what else is there? And really, it's around building engaging experiences. This is this is where it comes down to. And, and yeah, I think also what your what your planning software allows people to do because it is the nexus for keeping going back and updating stuff is traditionally the planning process has always been one of intermittent updates, right? It's, it's, I'm going to come back to update this in two or three years, but you know, now there's a new breed of software that allows you to basically pretty much update as you go along, right? So every, every time you go in and basically, um, and basically update like, Oh, you did this savings. Great. We're putting that in boom. And it will continue to update. Now, every every now and then you have to do a full update where you go back and double check the expenses because you're not checking them every every time and double check, like increase the value of the home. But in general, if we can at least make sure that we made the savings and investment portion live, right? You are doing, you are saving what you're supposed to be saving. The balances are updating. And if your income hasn't wildly changed, then we know you're probably still going to be consuming around the same later on. And then we can make it a lot more, not, not real time, but pretty close to it. So you're definitely on trend with that. And I commend you for that because that's too often a lot of the software that come to me for, I want to build a new financial planning software. They want to build a better version, a slightly better version of what pre-exists with no change in experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, even for us, we're, we're highlighting when we're doing the plans and plan easy, we're, we're highlighting how the plan can change in the future. So you know, even during those discussions, we're highlighting if this happens, we need to revisit. If this happens, we need to revisit. And so we're really making it that ongoing experience. And nudging the plan every six to 12 months is an easy exercise to do. It's all there in front of the client. The client can go in, update all the numbers for the next year. And it doesn't turn into this big exercise. It's really a half hour, hour conversation. And we're, we're back on to the next level of you know, actions for the next year. You know, how much they need to contribute, what they need to do. You know, if we if we have a couple of missing actions, what they need to get done. Excellent. So now that you've done this, you got the platform this far. You know, what are your thoughts for where it's going? Yeah. So we, we've got a couple of really neat things coming. So because we've got all of this data from the client, we've got all the the planning built into the platform. Uh, we really see the next place is really making that easier and faster for the advisor to to create and deliver financial plans. So. What we see next is really around the automation of the, the math itself, you know, making it easier for the advisor to do the sort of the finance side of things and spend more time on the, the personal. So, you know, personal finance, the personal side is, is the first and more important piece. A lot of focus has been on the finance side of things because it's it's really where, you know, you had to spend a lot of time. But we want to make that that much easier for the advisor and also how to deliver those recommendations and advice. So. You know, typically right now it's it's a big PDF. You send it over email. The client may or may not read it. Um, mm -hmm. You might spend an hour with them going through you know a, a plan presentation. An hour or two, probably half of it goes over their head, and they're not really listening at some point anyway. So we want to change that sort of you know. Oh, that depends on your delivery. I like to keep as I always say, like the plan should be the reference document. You should have a ten. You should be able to summarize everything in no more than a ten-page slide. That's, That's right. right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it should be the key recommendations, but we want to make that even easier. So asynchronous plan delivery, you know, adding video in there, making it more automated for the advisor. That's where we sort of see financial planning going as like an ongoing, an ongoing service. I agree. And it's, you know, I will say the biggest miss, and I've said this publicly on stage several times, is that the biggest miss in all of the advisor technology that has happened to date is the lack of consideration for how it creates a memorable and enjoyable experience and deeper relationship with people. It was always about dealing with the functionality of our business. It was all about getting things processed faster. It was being able to crunch numbers faster and produce something faster. It was never about, okay, hold on a sec. Like, how do I make this compelling? How do I make it like, how do I make it so that they finish the meeting saying, wow, that was, that was really cool. Or that's, that's really, that's really awesome that, 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 that thing does that, right? Almost making them like, for lack of a better term, love the tool as well as the process and the experience, right? Because effectively, that level of engagement is just going to keep them, it's a little, sounds a little novel, sounds a little superfluous. And you can't get over the fact that it's not just about like, hey, I'm, you're coming to me for this brain, you're coming to me for all these solutions. It's also about how you deliver it, right? Mm. I mean, I like to use the analogy that, that Van Gogh died penniless, whereas Picasso died the richest artist to ever live at the time. And that was largely due to the fact that one was charismatic and knew how to sell things. Like That's a couple right. of a yeah. couple of scratches ended up being a bull. Come on, sure it was. Okay, but nevertheless, <laughs> charge your fortune for it. So so yeah, so overall, really like what you're doing. And before we wrap up, I have the three questions I ask everyone on a positive note. And the first one is, if you had one wish for something you could do or for something you could change in your company or the industry as a whole, what would it be? Yeah, I definitely, I would, I would love to see advisors, more advisors offering fee-for-service planning in addition to maybe their, their typical compensation like AUM. And I think there's there's two main reasons. So one, you know, I see it, there's an enormous demand for fee-for-service advice. Clients want it. Clients want advisors to put financial planning first. And clients are willing to pay for that financial advice. And it's already a trend in the U.S. So I think that that's the first reason. And I think the benefit of adding fee-for-service as an offering is that advisors who have like a, a hybrid fee-for-service AUM model, they're going to be able to specialize and niche down way more on a specific client way more easily. So it's going to be easier for advisors to offer services at all stages of a client's life cycle, uh, regardless of their income or assets. So what I really see is that clients, instead of asking about, you know, how an advisor is being compensated or asset minimums, clients are instead going to be asking about, you know, is this the right fit for me? What's this advisor's specialization? How are they adding value to me and my family? And then they're going to figure out what's the best way to work with them. Is it fee-for-service, AUM? Like what, what's the best fit in terms of compensation? But the, the focus will be on, on the fit, the specialization, and, and the value add. Yep. So I will say also that part of it is, it's interesting. It's, it's not, you shouldn't have a business that services every segment of the market, but knowing what segment you're in and being able to effectively offer to those segments is definitely valuable. And more often than not, as always, the industry always coaches people, go after high net worth business owners and, and executives and high net worth families. And it's like, oh yeah, so you're just saying go after people with money, but like there's an entire mass segment of the market that has like great income, no wealth at this point, or welcome to Canada, it's all tied up in a house, right? And they need help. All right. And or it and is a massive underservice market that is not, you know, over 500,000, 250,000, whatever cutoff you want, that can be profitable. Just a matter of the industry has done an unbelievably poor job of figuring out the business models that cater to that segment of the market. It's all because the overheads of the traditional way are just too high. So really, we need more entrepreneurship and more innovation tools like what you have here to basically help bring advice to to the smaller market. Because I always laugh and people are just like, oh, no, that segment's not profitable. It's not profitable the way you do things, right? 
but be an entrepreneur and figure out how to make it profitable by, by changing the way you do things. But no one wants to do that. Anyway, so second question I have for you is what's been the biggest challenge in the platform to where it is today? Yeah, no doubt technology is very expensive and time consuming. So yeah, it, yeah. we bootstrapped the entire platform build. We we did that with the advice only financial planning revenue from PlanEasy. And we only took on some strategic institutional and, and industry investors very recently. So certainly one of the biggest challenges for us was how to use our limited resources most effectively. Luckily, we have a great team and we were able to build the platform piece by piece. So like, like I had said earlier, you know, we worked with clients at the same time as building the platform. And so every week we were getting feedback from clients on new features, how they were experiencing the platform, and we were able to iterate quite, uh, quite rapidly. So you know, we've taken the same approach with advice now. So our advice customers, businesses, companies, individual planners, we can take their feedback very quickly and, and make adjustments and tweak the platform based on their feedback. But the biggest challenge is, is definitely technology. It's expensive. It's time consuming. Talent is difficult to, to find and to, to integrate. Yeah. Excellent. The last question for you is what excites you the most about what it is you're working on and keeps you fighting the good fight every day? Yeah, I mean, I love collaborative planning. I, I do it with with my clients through PlanEasy. The idea of collaborative, client-led, you know, engaging financial advice, that's really what keeps us going. So I'm amazed at how, because the entire platform can be white-labeled, advisors, planners, companies can use the platform in their own way, you know, with their own niche. I'm amazed at how they've adapted the platform for their specific client segment. So what excites me is, is how planners are taking what we've built and applying it to their specific business, their niche, and using it in ways that we never really anticipated. So group planning, membership forums, peer-to-peer planning, self-directed video courses. And because it's all client-facing, they're now adding new layers to this that we didn't even really think was, was possible. And all kinds of feedback you never would have thought of. And, you know, it's the old... Uh... Apple, which the old Apple thing about the app store, you open it up and a thousand flowers will bloom in places you never dreamt. That's right. It works out great. So Owen, thank you so much for taking the time. Very much appreciate it. And for if you're a financial advisor in Canada looking for a planning tool that is collaborative and supports a fee only or just any kind of billing system integrated into it, please take the time to check out advice. That's advice with two eyes.ca. And as always, if you enjoyed this podcast, please review on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever's your podcast. Until next time, take care. This podcast was brought to you by Woodgate Financial, an award-winning financial planning firm catering to high net worth individuals and their families. To learn more, go to woodgate.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, or find more episodes at jasonperera.ca.